Welcome to the Box and Life Podcast, where we talk about everything from boxing to business. Mindset to money, speaking to some of the world's best minds. From Sunderland, England, now living in Los Angeles, California, here is your host, 2008 Olympic medalist and former undefeated professional boxer, Tony Jeffries. On this episode, we've got Craig Ballantyne. I met Craig a few weeks ago at the Vigor Ground Business Summit up in Seattle. Uh, I listened to him speak. He was a speaker at other event. Uh, it was great, very motivating. I, I seen him after in the corridor and I went up and introduced myself. And uh, yeah, we exchanged numbers and one thing led to another. Now he was on this podcast. This episode is fantastic. It gives me and you who's listening five tips uh, to, to take your life and your business to the next level. And I guarantee if you do what he tells you with the tips and the accountability it really will change everything, you know? And I see it on this podcast. You can get all this information I tell you on the internet. You can get more from everywhere else, from podcasts. But it's kind of on you and on me and on us as, as people to do what we hear and, and what we learn to really take us to the next level. And I think by listening to this podcast, it will really give you a better understanding about what you need to do to, to be successful. If you, if you want to be more successful at this, which I'm sure we all do. So here it is, the Boxing Life Podcast with me, Tony Jeffries, and Craig Ballantyne. How's it going, friend? Uh, real good. Thank you so yeah. much, Tony. I heard you speak uh, at Luca's event in Seattle a few weeks ago, and it was fantastic. And then I saw Tony after, I thought, I need to get this guy on my podcast. Oh, I really appreciate it. I mean, that's my life's work uh, that we were talking about there, and I just can't wait to share with everybody. Yeah, I love it. The first question I'd ask all my guests is, if someone asks you, what do you do for a living? What do you see? I help people get their shit together. Uh, I don't like <laughs> to curse, but that's what I do. I help them... Help people who are busy get more done, squeeze more out of their day, and so that they have more time for what matters in their life, their right. families. So you're helping all sorts of people. Because at first I thought it was fitness, but I was looking at uh, last night, you were helping investors. Yeah. You do. So you're helping business people in general? Or? Pretty much pretty much everything from authors to CEOs of companies. I have one guy who has a $750 million company, oh, yeah. you know, but he needs more time. And I have trainers and I have gym owners and I have, uh, man, Bitcoin millionaires. I mean, you name it. I got, wow. I got, a, I'm working with them all. So you're a, a coach for these guys. Like, yeah, kind of like the person who comes in and just takes a look at their day. And I'm, I'm basically, I'm gifted with knowing what's the right decision for people, right. which sounds egotistical, but that's what I'm gifted with. Like right. I, just like you're gifted with like knowing what the boxer needs to do. I know through my experience and through my own of helping a lot of, of entrepreneurs and executives and through my own self-improvement over the years to know like these are this, the right decisions to make at this time. This is how you do the self-reflection. This is what we cut. This is what we keep. And that's how you get to what you want. Right. Is there a, a, a thing that you see that's a, a common thing what people are doing where they're fucking up in life, where they're, where they're making the same mistake? Is there a common? Absolutely. And it's a curse of the ambitious person, which is trying to do too much. Right. And so whether it is trying to do too much in your morning routine, I mean, nowadays, everybody wants to do gratitude journaling. They want to do exercise. They want to do yoga. They want to do meditation. They want to watch a self-improvement video and they want to do like interpretive dance. And, you know, the next thing you know, like they've been, they have a three hour morning routine yeah. and they're all messed up in the head, right? They're like, I'm so stressed out by seven o'clock in the morning. And it's because, listen, you can't do all of that stuff. What you really should do is get up and spend a little bit of time working on your number one priority and then fit 
you know, maybe one or two things in to center your mind for the rest of the day. Right. Yeah, let's talk about that. What is, I know you're big on daily routines, morning routines. What does your morning routine look like? Yeah, so I, I, mine is real basic and to the point. So I get up at four o'clock in the morning, very early. Uh, the four only, o'clock in the morning? Yeah. Well, What's before four uh, like between eight or nine. Right. Wow. Yeah. So I, you know, it's just, I've just shifted my day, my, my 24, I got the same 24 hours. I just shifted it, uh, mostly to protect myself from distractions. Right. Um, so basically I get up and I pet the dog and I go right to work and I write, I don't do anything else until I've written 1500 words. So 1500 I know, words. Yeah. 1500 words, six oh, yeah. about an hour. Uh, because that's the time of day when I can write 1,500 words in an hour. If I try to do it at 2 o'clock, it'd take me three hours. And so that's why I've you know, scheduled my day. I call it magic time. Everybody's got a magic time. You know, right. A night owl has magic time between 10 p.m. and midnight. Some people have magic time from 9 to 11 in the morning. Some people are afternoon people. Everybody just needs to identify it. You know, just like, when am I really firing on all cylinders? And then you protect that time. You just protect that time like my dog protects his dog bowl, you know? Yeah, and, I like that. Yeah, and when you find that time, then you triple your productivity without doing anything else. What do you write? So I'm writing book chapters. I got a new book coming out on anxiety. I write articles for my website, Early to Rise. I write magazine articles. I write scripts for videos. I write stuff for my seminars. Right, so when you get up, you get up and you work at that time. Basically. I go right to work. So I do... a. And your morning starts the night before. So if I'm going to get up and write 1,500 words, I've done a little bit of an outline the night before rather than sitting at a blank screen, right, and going, oh, how am I right. going to write 1,500 words? But if I have two or three bullet points or maybe five bullet points, now it's easier to write 300 words for five bullet points right. and you got 1,500 yeah. words. So I go right to work. Uh, you know, Brian Tracy has this phrase, eat that frog. You know, right. do the thing that's hardest first. And again, so many other people, I think they just have this procrastination morning routine. Oh, I'll do yoga first. I'll do meditation yeah. first. And then, you know, it's 930 in the morning and they haven't done anything and they feel like they need to check their email. And then, you know, at five o'clock, they'll be like, I was so busy today, right. but I didn't accomplish anything. Yeah. Difference between activity and accomplishment. Right. Wow. So then what do you do after you've, after you've wrote your words? Then I reward myself with a little bit of meditation uh, and then I walk my dog. So that's, that's what I do. So it's like I work and then reward. I work and then reward. A little bit of reward, a right. little bit of uh, Instagram maybe, and then back to work. Right, and then you go back to work, and then what's that? Uh, and then, then it's more writing or preparation for meetings over the course of the day. You know, right. we, we do Facebook advertising, so I need to look at numbers yeah. and be prepared for a team meeting that we have about the Facebook stuff. So I prepare for the meetings. Yeah. And then I'll have breakfast after I've been up for like four hours and then work meetings. And then I'll have uh, a workout around right before lunch. And then so by breakfast, you've done a shit ton of work. Hey man, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm like the army. I get more done before 9am and then everybody else. I love that. So that works for you, but not, not necessarily work for everyone. Doesn't right? have to. No, no. My life is my life and, and it's not your life. And the great news is it's the formula. It's the systems that work for everybody. It's the blocking right. and batching of time, knowing your magic time, eliminating distractions, and cutting out stuff that doesn't need to be done. Right. So how many people have you got who you work for now or who you're coaching? Uh, man, it's about 150 people that have come to my workshops, I have, but I have thousands of people that have read the book and all this right, stuff. Right. Yeah. Let's talk about your book. Absolutely. So Perfect Day Formula is kind of what we just talked about right now. So it, it helps you identify how your perfect day looks. Because again, yours is different than mine. And you know, I don't know what, what yours is, Tony, but it it's all comes down to this. You get up and you do the thing that centers your mind for the day. 
Right. You then do some, you should do something that is around your most important thing in life. So if your family is the most important, you take care of family. If, if your health is most important because you've gotten out of shape and you need to get back in shape, do something for your health. Get started with a big win in the morning because everybody knows the day is going to go to heck after lunchtime. Yeah. So you yeah. got to get something done first. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And what you said about freeing up time, if you're getting up in the morning, getting that shit done, that's going to free up a lot of time. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are some people that are night owls, but it's fewer than most people think. It's about 10 to 20% of the population. And let's just be honest, the world is built for us to operate during the daytime because of work hours and all yeah. that stuff. And so the only way to get ahead is to get up a little bit earlier, but you don't have to get up hours earlier. You only need 15 minutes of focused work because I figured this out when I was a personal trainer and I was trying to build an online business in 2003. I was getting up at 4.30 in the morning back then to work from on my online business for 15 minutes at a time before I had my first client at 6 a.m. Right. And I did that for a year and a half and it set me free. I was able to quit. Where did you get this idea from? Did, did you just try all sorts of different things and it worked or did someone tell you about this? I realized that I'm definitely a morning person. Even when I was in college, sleep until 11 o'clock in the morning. I love those days when for some reason I had to get up early. And right. I just, I love the morning, just like some people love the yeah. nights. And I don't have the discipline at night to work at night. And, and so a lot of people want to be night owls because that's like the it's sexy easier, thing. It's easier as well, isn't it? Well, you think it's easier, but then you look at real life. Okay, you got Netflix, you got your girlfriend or boyfriend yeah, oh, or true. wife, yeah, yeah. you know, you got alcohol, you got, you know, a million things tempting you at night and you push it off, you push it off and you're like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. So it's actually harder, in my opinion, to be a night owl than it is to be an early bird. So have you now honestly got lots of free time? Yeah, that's the thing is... I, I mean, I, in 2006, I thought I beat the game because I was able to quit my job as a full-time trainer. I was oh, online no. only. And then it's just a matter of me, like, okay, how many businesses do I want to go and start and run? So I've had to, like, take my own advice and cut back. Right. But, you know, I've, I travel to Europe every summer for three weeks. Um, I take blocks of time off. Yeah. You know, I'll work a lot when I'm working, but then, I'll, you know, I travel... I'm on the road probably over 150 days a year, and some of wow. that's a lot of that is for fun. Yeah, and you just told me there you've done 144 podcasts last year, which is which is amazing. I love that. That's like one every two days, just about. Uh, so, is that's what I was going to come to my next question about how do people get to know about you? Like, where where do they find out about you? Well, I think one of the, f the places that I'm putting most of my stuff out now is Instagram.com forward slash Real Craig Valentine. I like Instagram; it's fun. You mean, yeah. you're, you're blowing up on Instagram. It's really the best way for for me to leverage. And so that's another thing you need to do is how can you turn one thing into 10 things? You know, like if you're a trainer and you're writing an article for your local paper, how do you turn that into 10 different ways to generate interest in your business? Well, you make a YouTube video of it. You make a short audio clip of it. You can then post it on Facebook. You can submit it to other websites. You just got to yeah. use every part of the pig over and over again. I love that. Like kind of being everywhere, right? Yeah, everywhere all the time. Because everyone's trying to find you from different things. So, but if, if someone, I mean... Uh, it's hard to find you on Instagram, but I guess in, with, with all these podcasts you've been on, that's been really helping push you. But like, like the average person, where would the where would they find you? Like, would their friends tell you about it? word of mouth? Is that mm. big for you? Yeah, absolutely. And so. You know, we have the books and people love to gift out the book, The Perfect Day Formula. We have these kits, which are uh, like an advanced version of it as, as well. And people buy those for their friends or for their teams. And, you know, they see me in Men's Health Magazine. I still write for them right, once in nice. a while. 
YouTube videos. I have YouTube videos I've been watched over 2 million times. So they seem, wow. you know, they're old and they're bad. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, well, one of them's from 2007. It was like for the 300 workout and it's been watched over 2 million times and I'm terrible. <laughs> but every, that just shows you that everything's a learnable skill. Like I was yes. very, I was very introverted. I was very monotonous. And I just, you know, those podcasts allowed me to go and tell my story better, have more energy. And so, you know, if you think like, oh, I'm, I'm shy, I'm introverted, I can't be that high energy person. Person, you can be if you look at it as a performance. Right. Just like you can go and teach anybody, Tony, how to become a better boxer at yeah. any age. Everything is a learnable skill, even personality-based stuff. Yeah, I love that. And obviously, it takes time. Like you see it, you've done that many in, in last year, and I'm sure you're still learning right now because you've got to have patience with this stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you, you have to have really just a system. And I talk about these things in my book called The Five Pillars of Success, which I learned from my weight loss transformation clients. So I realized these people who would win my contests, and I had these before and after contests all the time, they all had these five things in place. And I was like, that's really strange. So they had better planning and preparation than ever before. And, and it's exactly worded like yeah. that. It has to be better planning and preparation than ever before. Not just planning, but better planning. Um, the next one is professional accountability, which is a coach who's going to give you expert advice and, and no excuses accountability. The third one is positive social support. That's kind of like accountability, but it's, they're not going to give you expert advice. And if you screw up, they're not going to be hard on you. Like they're just family gonna, and friends. Yeah, they're just going to cheer you on. This yeah. is like if you're running a marathon, you have a marathon coach for professional accountability, and you have the people on the side of the road are positive social support. Right. Then the fourth thing is a meaningful incentive. And it's not money or stuff. It's from, from here. It's, you know, it might be your kids, or it might be love, or it might be something like that. It has to be a meaningful incentive. And then the fifth thing is the big deadline. That's the most important thing of all. Now, if you apply those five pillars, Tony, to anything in life, whether it's boxing, whether it's structuring your day, whether it's writing a book, whether it is finding the love of your life, you use those five pillars and you will get success in anything. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And you've got to take discipline. And you know what? You, you, there's the book, uh, Think Big and Grow Rich. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's a great book. And if you take advice, if you, if you do what it says in the book, you're going to be successful. Kind of like what you said there. Everyone can uh, listen to this and they can get that information. It's all out there for free. You don't, have to, you know, you don't necessarily have to buy books or all that. You can get it for free. But it's taking the time to, and having the discipline to actually do it. That's the hard thing. Right? You, know what, you know what the secret to success is in any area of life? It's one thing. It's accountability. Right. Accountability. You have to be accountable to someone that you don't want to disappoint. Yes. And when you are accountable, because like you said, you, all of the information is out there. Uh, you want to be a real estate investor, the information's out there. Yeah. You want to be anything, the information is there. And we all have a ton of information to be successful in our areas of life. But if we don't do anything with it, it's almost like we don't have it in the first yeah. place. So you need somebody. You need to tell somebody like, hey, Tony, I want to go. And, and you know what, Tony, I'm going to come back next year. And I am going to... Uh, I'm going to be a, a decent boxer and then you will, you know, you'll be able to get yeah. me. And, and now I don't want to disappoint you, you right. know? So I'm going to go out there and do the work. Yeah. I'm going to do the work. And so you have to go and be, this is what I found is public accountability is painful. It's so painful, but it is so important. Um, just the other day, one of my coaching clients, he's a coach and he's, he's really fantastic. He helps so many people and he's always giving. He's out there always at a friend's wedding. We had a great time. I took my friends out. I'm like, what about your love life? You know, you said to me, he did, a, he did one of my workshops and he said, oh, you know, I'm going to go and get more dating in. 
And I called him out on it, right? <laughs> and so, I mean, this guy, he's got brass balls. He went and did something. He went and did a Facebook Live to 2,200 people in his coaching group and said, by the end of the year, I'm going to be on this many dates and wow. I need you guys to hold me accountable. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, but that, <laughs> that is the thing. When you slice open your belly and you say to the world, I'm going to change, I'm going to lose 40 pounds, I'm going to, you know, get more clients, I'm going to open up my own gym. Yeah. I mean, oh, it sucks. It sucks. Trust me, I do this all the time. It's painful. But it is the absolute most important thing for you to do if you yeah. want to be successful in life. I did that a few years ago because I put loads of weight on when my wife was pregnant with her first kid. And I posted a picture of his fat, you know, <laughs> on Instagram. And it was embarrassing. And I was like, watch, I'm going to post another one in six weeks. I'm going to be. And I did that because now I've got all of my followers right. and my accountable. Yeah. So that is big. Uh, and I think, I think it's big as well to try and get your family to hold you accountable because the thing is with families, they just want you to be happy. They're not really bothered about you, right? Mm. So if, what do you think? Is, is that a, a big thing that you tell people, get your family to hold you accountable or is it friends or someone else? It has to be that positive person. Um, you know, you have to go to people who are going to be supporting you because you can go to some people, even in your family, and they can either consciously or subconsciously sabotage you. Right. You know, they can be like, oh, you know, oh, you, you did well for three days, let's go to Pizza Hut or something like yeah. that. And you know, sometimes they do want to hold you back because they don't want you to grow and them to stay and, and struggle in a comfort zone. And then sometimes they don't mean it. They just, like you said, they want you to be happy. Yeah. So the thing is, is when you go, and I know people are like, oh, there's no way I'm gonna do a Facebook or something about, you know, whatever I wanna change because people are gonna make fun of me. But the thing is, if you find the right positive people, these people will go out of their way to help you. Right. So that guy that posted to his uh, Facebook live group, he had coaching clients trying to set him up with their daughters. Awesome. They're like, like two of them within 20 minutes, like, oh, you gotta meet my daughter. Wow. And, and that's the thing that I realized in these weight loss contests back in the day, Tony, was that people don't, like if they were in a closed group, and they were posting their before photos, you know, before they had lost a pound. And most people would be too scared to do that because oh, people are going to make fun of me. But no, when you're in a group of positive people, all they did was like, oh, here's, a, here's my tip for you. Or here's what worked for me. You know, or I'm going to check. They were checking in every day on complete strangers halfway around the world. You know, how you doing? How you doing? Yeah. And, and it's positive people will go out of their way to help you when you tell them what you want. I love that. I love that. It's so great. Have you got anyone holding you accountable right now? Oh, yeah, absolutely. In the most painful way possible. <laughs> so uh, there's Bedros Koulian, who holds me accountable. Jason Ferrugia holds me accountable. My friend Joel Marion holds me accountable. My business partner, Matt Smith, holds me accountable. And they have been responsible for dramatic changes in my life. So I was never, you know, a high-energy person. I was always very cynical and skeptical. Um, had a lot of introverted tendencies. And I could be rude to people. And they would do this whenever I did it. And, and it's like all four of those guys are big brothers to me. Yeah. And it's like, do you have a big brother? No. Okay, well, imagine you did have a big yeah. brother. And imagine your big brother giving you that look of yeah. disappointment. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, yeah. it hurts. You don't want that shit. Yeah, you don't want that. It hurts. And so, like, you know, I paid a couple of those guys for coaching. But most of the time, it's just as friends. And they want to see the best for me. And so they're disappointed. And then we have a, you know, we have a very difficult conversation about, hey, here's what you did. Here's what you should do next what time. What sort of things are you talking about? Oh, man, just like, you know, in a coaching group. So I would have these mastermind groups. And I would, I would give somebody great advice, but I would say it like a dick. And right. all that person heard was not like, here's how to make $100,000. All they heard was, 
that Craig, you're a dick. Yeah. You know, and it goes back. There's a quote from Maya Angelou that really did change my life. And it's, you know, you've probably seen it. It's, um, people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them I feel. Yeah. And it is so true because you, I was giving these people great advice, but I was saying it in a tone of voice that made them feel this big. Yeah. And, and I was, and did then, you, my, and then, you know, Bedros would be in the room or Matt would be in the room and they'd look over and I'd be like, oh my, I did it again. Did you see that quote when you were doing the speech or the thing? Uh, on, yeah. your, on your clock, right? You did. Yeah. And I wrote that down. I've heard it, I've heard it before, but like when you, when you said it and it really made us think about that and I, and I wrote it down and then I thought that was the best thing I got from that full week, weekend wow. up in Seattle. Yeah. Just that one quote that you said. Yeah. And, uh, I, and went, I think Luca has it on the wall of his gym. He does? Yeah. Yeah. And it went, when I went back to the gym, I was, I was just trying to think about making f people feel good. Yeah. All the stuff, everyone. And, and you can do that every single, single interaction you have over the course of the day. Starbucks, grocery store, gas station. I mean, it's not just for people you know. It's not just for your friends. But why not go out there and leave every single person that you interact with a better person? And so I try and do that because, uh, you know, if... If left to my own devices, I will race an old woman to the grocery <laughs> checkout, and I, because I want to be first, I'm so impatient. But I got to, you know, I got to not do that. And not only do I need to not do that, I need to help her with her cart. And right, I need, yeah. You know, I need to do that, and then I need to have a conversation with people. And you know, I would. I would never have small talk with people, but now in an elevator, I talk to people. I crack jokes in the elevator. Nice. And you know, the last time I was here in Santa Monica, I was staying at the San, at the Delfino, which is where I stay. And there were seven people in the elevator. And, you know, everyone's like looking at their phone. It's awkward. You yeah. know, we're stopping at every floor on the way down. And this guy gets in with an empty baby carriage and everyone looks at it. And, and I just <laughs> said what everybody's thinking. I'm like, did you forget something? And everybody <laughs> laughed. And the next thing to know, they're talking to one another. Yeah. And again, two years ago, I never would have done that. But in the last two years, because, you know, partly because I did those 150 podcasts over the right, last couple yeah. of years, I've been able to think better and just appreciate people better and have that mentorship and accountability yeah. for my friends. And, and you can change the person that you think you are right. in any way. Yeah. So talking to Giafruja about, um, he does that, oh, what's, what's it called? Where they all stand up on stage and they do improv. improv. Yeah. He does that and, he's, and he first told me about it. Um, like I'm from the north of England. I was like, "Is he fucking crazy? Is this some yeah. cheesy American shit?" Right? And uh, and he was telling us he need to do it. It's, it's quality. Coming to my house and do it, and I was like, "Nah, mate, I'm, I'm I've got something else to do." Yeah. But then when I was in Vegas the other week, I'd done it. Have you done it before? I haven't, mate. I know. It's fucking great. Like for what we're talking about, about doing podcasts to talk and all that. That there, you feel like a bit of a dick at first, but then you get into it and it's great. Yeah. And he swears by it, yeah. Gee, because he, he, like you, he was quiet when he was younger and all that, and that's given him the confidence. So that's something that I really want to start doing more of. Yeah, it's amazing. It's just amazing. Uh, you know, most people in life, they think, I'm born here. I'm going to be this. This is yes. how I am for the rest of my life. And anybody watching this knows that they want to improve. Right. And I mean, you can make 
such amazing improvements in a year, let alone if you commit your entire life to what's called a growth mindset. I mean, you can just have a fantastic life. Yeah. And I kind of feel like Jay's a perfect example of that. Oh, you know? Totally. He's, he's absolutely totally. killing it. So uh, what's, what's next for you? You're, you're, you're traveling all the time. You've got your event uh, in a few weeks, but mm-hmm. I wish I could have went to, but my yeah. wife's due with our baby uh, yeah. the same weekend, so I can't make it. But uh, so yeah, what, what's next? What's, what's happening? Right. So I do a perfect life retreat in a couple of weeks, which is just totally mind-blowing. It's almost impossible to describe here, but it's very transformational. We get the clutter out of people's heads, give them clarity, help them overcome bad habits, and help them get more done in their day. And then I'm writing my next book, which is How to Overcome Anxiety, because I had really severe anxiety attacks. I went to the emergency room twice, thinking I was having a heart attack when I was 30 years old because of these anxiety attacks. Uh, And that's when I started learning how to put more structure in my day, to put more freedom into my lifetime. So that's my next big project. And then also starting a program called the Work-Life Mastery Program, which is where I work with a small group of people really intense and in-depth on helping them get their, increase their income, impact and influence on the world while also making more time for their family. Yeah. For two questions there, number one is when you talk about cleaving the clutter out of the head, Tell me about that. How can we clear the clutter out overhead? Right. So most people have so much stuff going through their head, all these opportunities, all these problems. Right. Um, and then, so it's a lot of self-reflection. It's just, we start with big picture. What are your values and what are your vision? Because you can't move ahead with, here's what I'm going to do in my day until you know your values. Because if your value, number one value in life is family. And then you take a look at your day and you work for 12 hours and you commute for two hours. And then you go to the gym because you, you know, you want to, lose weight or something, and you have 30 minutes at home for your family, you're misaligned. And that's the biggest cause of stress in most people's life is misalignment. They're misaligned between what they say they want and what they do. And when your actions and your goals are misaligned, you're stressed, you cause problems at home. So it all starts with figuring out values and vision first. Here's what I I believe in. Here's what matters. Here's what I want to achieve. And now we can, that's the clutter. Now it's out. Okay, now we can just arrange, okay, if this is where you want to be, on the on the map, here's how to get there. Straight line to success. It's so simple. Right, yeah. Have you got kids? I don't. No? All right. No. I was going to see how you like hanging around with them because it's fucking boring. <laughs> when they're young, when they're young, you know, I, I was talking this with Chris Dufier about, uh, about we all, we all want to, we're all busy and we are all entrepreneurs busy and we want to, want to, move forward and we're always thinking about new ideas and then it's like and then to sp- it's supposed to be to spend time with your family and get yeah. more time to spend with your family but so a person like myself and I, I kind of think you might be the same is you love what you do oh yeah you love the work you love the the grind uh, so when you take it taken away from that and you put into a, uh, a scenario where you're with your family and you're with your with your kids in, in my, my case and you turn your cell phones off it's like now what it's fucking like, yeah, you, know? you, you have to you have to practice uh, you have to practice being patient and present. You know, yeah. and, and the thing is, you you need to you know you recharge in that moment, and then when you get the chance to go back, um, you know, one of the interesting things about the brain, Tony, is that when we're outside of our regular work area. That's when we get our big breakthroughs is when the subconscious mind and the frontal lobe starts to work different. And so, you know, like if you go for a walk in the morning, that's where the ideas come from or you're in the shower. And so, you know, it is good to get those breaks because if you just try and sit there and solve the problems at the desk, it's actually, it never works. I like that. Yeah. So you do have to kind of, you know, you can look at it that way. Yeah. I, about three months ago, I was out with me, with my family and I left my phone at home and 
I was why I was sitting there when my kid was playing the part was that that's right. I got an idea, yep. which the idea really helped our business take the next level. So what you're seeing is is a uh, oh wow, is fantastic. Uh, another thing you mentioned about how, how to help make more money for uh, are you talking about the fitness professionals or businessmen in general? Talk about anything. I mean, the the principles work. Yeah, right. For sure. And what is that? Well, the five pillars. Would you say? Yeah, I mean, the five pillars are really, really important. Knowing your vision, knowing uh, what matters and what's going to move the needle in your business, and then really coming down to, okay, I've got 10 ideas. No, no, you can't do 10. I got five. No, you can't even do five. You got to get down to like two or three. I mean, even Warren Buffett has this great thing where he's like, tell me the 25 things you want to do and then rank them and then keep the top five and never think of the bottom 20 again. And that's, that's what you have to do because here's another great quote, which says the difference between successful people and very successful people is that very successful people say no to almost everything. Right. And everybody wants to be Warren Buffett. Everybody wants to be successful like Michael Phelps and win eight gold medals. But what is, I mean, all that guy did was swim. All Warren Buffett does is sit at a desk and read financial uh, statements. Everybody wants that level of success, but nobody's willing to do it. Just like Ronnie Coleman, right? Everybody wants to be a bodybuilder. Nobody wants to lift the heavy damn weights, right? Yeah. You know what? After this podcast, I guarantee if anyone listening, or even if me, myself, uh, does what you see with the five pillows and maybe the morning routine may not, but the, the getting someone to hold you accountable. Yeah. You're 100%, 100% going to be successful. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to see it's as similar as that, but it comes down to discipline. Now, I don't think I've personally got the discipline to do all of them things. You know, I'm not going to lie to myself, I have. But if I could train my mind and, and get there eventually to be doing these, you know, I think, you know, that's going to take us to the real next level. Yeah. And so I have this exercise that I'm doing at my event and it's called the champion mindset. And so you have a champion mindset and everybody that's listening has a champion mindset. And what that means is you have been super successful in an area of your life. And I t- speak to a lot of fitness professionals and a lot of these fitness professionals have been on stage in a bikini contest or something. And so think about what they've accomplished there, Tony. They have Remember that the United States, 70% of people are overweight or obese. And a fitness professional or a fitness competitor has stood on stage in a bikini or in a banana hammock, you know, yeah. all oiled up, single digit body fat. So they have, they have overcome what 70% of the people fail at, you know, which is getting ripped to shreds. They can stand on stage, they can do the poses, they can do all of this stuff. And now they come and that's the champion mindset they have. Now they come and tell me, oh, I can't sell. What do you mean you can't sell? You right. just stood on stage. Yeah. You just dieted down to 3% body fat. You stood on stage. You got fake tanned. You know, you shaved all your body hair. You did all of that and stood in front of a thousand people. And now you tell me you can't sell to Mrs. Jones the uh, program because she needs help to lose weight. <laughs> all you do is you take, okay, well, what worked to get me to go and stand on? Well, I got a coach. I got accountability. I got expert advice. I did the work. I got feedback on the work that I did. I improved. And you just take, okay, this is what got me to 3% body fat. This is what's going to turn me into a salesperson. Right. You can transfer your champion mindset into anything you want. If you had to get up at four o'clock in the morning, you could get up at four o'clock in the morning because you're a champion. That's what you could do. If you had to sell, you could sell. If you had to go and do improv, you could do improv. You can do anything you want. You just have to have the balls to Go and do it. Right, yeah. Is that something you uh, help people do with seals as well? You help people become better salesmen? Yeah, because I used to think that I could not sell. And now, you know, I sell $25,000 coaching programs on the phone to people. Shit. Yeah, and you know, like the lowest coaching program I have is $5,000. And I'm on the phone and I realize that when you sell something, 
you don't sell it. You actually just let the person talk themselves into the sale. That's right. the way I look at it now. Ask the right questions. Let the other person talk themselves into a sale and don't let yourself talk yourself out of a sale. So we get a lot of fitness uh, trainers and fitness people listening to this podcast. And uh, we've talked a little bit about sales in the past for trying to sell, uh, trying to sell client sessions. Mm-hmm. Any tips for that? Yeah, definitely listen. And so just... What you want to do is you want to take them on a journey. You want to say, hey, you know, uh, tell me more about yourself. Okay. You, you know, it sounds like you must be busy. Uh, you know, what, what, you know, busy and, and your current fitness state. What's that causing, you know, what kind of issues is that causing at home or at work and your family? Okay, tell me more about that. Get them to dive deep into, like, all the problems it's causing. Okay, and, you know, if you could fix that, what would that look, you know, how would that look like in your life? How would that make you feel? So you want to kind of take them on this roller coaster of like, this is where I am and here's where I could be. Right. And then you say, well, would you like me to help you with that? And, and then it's like, yes. Well, would you like to tell me how I can help you? Yes. And that's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know, would you like to tell me how I can make you $100,000? Yes. yes. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really just, just be a good listener. Ask the right questions. Get the information out of them. Yeah. And that way you will be able to help people see the opportunity. Yeah, there. that's great. And again, you've just simplified. You've simplified something, which I think it's all about. You know, you seem to, you seem to have it all figured out. Have ah. you got it all figured out? I, I have not got it all figured out because I am, the thing is I needed to figure out a lot of stuff and I've been, you know, on a journey of self-improvement since I was 17 years old. So I've been doing this 25 years now because when I was a, a 16 year old kid, I was a real dick. I was, you know, I was a poor loser. I was yelling at my friends when we lost in sports and I realized I got to go and change here. And so one of the reasons I've been able to figure stuff out is because of self-reflection and introspection, which most people don't spend any time on these days, right. you know, to sit there and think about, okay, how did my day go? you know, what could I do better tomorrow? Most people don't want to do that because it's scary and it hurts. You know, it hurts to think that I did stupid stuff today. I said something wrong. You know, I I mean, I just broke up with my girlfriend and I was like, how, you know, how did this, how did we get to this point? You know, why did, why did I screw up this relationship? You know, what can I do better the next time? It's like, and now I, but uh, you know, like a year ago, I would have been really sad about that. And it's like, oh man, but now I'm like excited to, to go, you know what? That sucks. It's painful, but I learned so much that you know, the next time around, it's going to be so much better. Yeah. It's going to be better for her. It's going to be better for me. And yeah. that's how you have to look at every single failure in life. And we read about, oh, failure is good all the time. And, and it sounds great until you fail. Right. And then it's like, this is the most painful thing in the world. But you have to reframe it in your mind that every time something goes wrong, it's a learning lesson. It's not win or lose. It's win and learn. So again, you've got that figured out. What have you not got figured out? Uh, what am I not got figured out? Uh, but, but like, we can all see we can do this and do that, but uh, do you actually do it, everything that you're seeing? Or is the- I do, I do. And it's because I feel a lot of shame when I'm a hypocrite. Right. So I, th- I think that, you know, most, like even in society, we see like hypocrites down here and like criminal is above hypocrite. <laughs> like nobody wants to be a hypocrite. Nobody wants to be seen as talking out one side of their mouth and, you know, do something uh, that isn't congruent with what they say. And that's why it goes back to public accountability. Yes. If you say, yeah, hey, yeah. I'm going to go out and, and lose 30 pounds and then people check in on you six weeks and you're like, well, yeah, you haven't even lost five pounds. They're going to be like, I can never believe anything you say. So it really helps me to share everything because that makes me into a better yeah, person. I bet. So, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of like coaching boxing. Like since I started coaching boxing, 
I understand boxing better. Oh, absolutely. And now, if I was fighting, I would be a better fighter because I know more about it. Teacher always learns thing. more than the student. Right? Always. Yeah, always. Yeah, so the more, the more I'm out there coaching, explaining, learning, I'm like, oh, this didn't work for me. This, or this did work for me. Now I can go and help somebody a bit better. Right. Craig, this podcast has been fantastic. Thank I've you. loved it. I really have. And I'm sure the listeners love it as well. Tell me again where people can find you. Yeah, so Instagram.com forward slash real Craig Ballantyne uh, or Twitter.com forward slash Craig Ballantyne or you can just email me directly at Craig at Godfather.com. Yeah, and we'll put all of these links in the show notes at BoxingLifePodcast.com forward slash Craig. That will be the website handle URL. So go there. All, everything Craig's talked about will be in the, in the show notes, all his links, his Instagram and everything else. But uh, yeah, mate, thank you so much for coming on the Box Life Podcast. Thank you.